The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan I'm debt. so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my When's parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's very special show, John Sestina and Tony Payne. Uh, guys, this is our 10-year anniversary show, so happy anniversary, John. Oh, I'm happy to be 10 years old. Yeah, <laughs> right? 10 years ago, you started this uh, show with the hopes of uh, accomplishing a financial planning radio show versus an investment focus show, and yeah. I hope to say with pride, I think I think you've done it. Well, thank you. You guys have all contributed so well. That's what made it happen. But, yep, I remember that. I still remember vividly that first day in the studio. Because I was all alone then. You mm -hmm. guys deserted me. <laughs> None of you wanted to be there. I had to break your arms to get you into the studios. Uh, but eventually you all came and you contributed mightily. And that made a big, big difference. And now we've got it organized to where the way we gather the information for the show and the information we're trying to cover and so forth. So I think it's uh, it's prospering and it's going to get gooder and gooder because you guys are working on it. Tony, what does this uh, mean to you here 10 years later? Well, I went from a white face, clammy hand, shaking and unsure voice to maybe all same uh, all the same symptoms, but a little bit more confidence in the middle. So, I mean, that to me was a big change in 10 years of doing this and all of the changes we've seen along the way, because that's increased a lot of those gray hairs or that knowledge or experience, because, man, there's been a lot to change in planning the last 10 years. It sure has, and that's that's what I get out of it, aside from the experience of learning what radio is all about, uh, putting it onto a podcast, uh, publishing it, marketing it, and hearing constructive feedback from all of our listeners, which is fantastic, and a lot of positive uh, uh, feedback from everybody. What I, I'm shocked by as we built today's outline is how quickly, John, you're going to laugh, how quickly time flies. Yeah. Right? Ten years goes by pretty quick, but how it much sure has does. changed in 10 years? And that's what we're going to dedicate today's show is the past 10 years, right? This What has changed as in results to policy, uh, implementation of, of tax law change, and how it has affected everyone's financial plan? Well, even before we get to that, let's look at the uh, arena and, you know, 10 years ago, I was a solo voice out there. There might have been some around the country. But now, every five seconds you turn on the radio, you hear a commercial for another financial planning firm. Yes. And so that's another thing that the audience has to understand. that we, we still I have still not done a good job, Stephen, in 50 years of, of uh, explaining what financial planning really is. And what, is, what, what lies behind that frustration? Because we hear about financial planning, but what is your frustration with that? Well, the frustration is it's generally not comprehensive for the other folks. And that's why you listen to the commercials and what do they all talk about? Every single one of them. How I can make your investments better. Or what are you going to do when you retire? Do you have enough money? Those are, those are all important questions, but they're not the monumental questions that you have to be answering. 
there are thousands of things we have to deal with. I'm thinking of uh, <clears throat> a situation I had to deal with last week and uh, had nothing to do with the investments, but it meant everything to the person I was trying to help. Mm-hmm. So and right now we're coming into the inflation of, so what do you do as you, as the market drops and inflation continues and investments don't go anywhere all of a sudden? You may have noticed they're down now, and uh, that's kind of normal. I've been through that. It reminds me of 1970. So, Stephen, I know you weren't born yet. I but. was born in 1970, <laughs> so <laughs> bingo. <laughs> Might have been Tony then. But, uh, you know, things it, things come around and go around. It's yeah. There's this. Back and forth, back and forth. It's a cycle. Tony, what do you, 10 years, what, what, what's your reflection well, here? First, John, my soul was alive and well with Barry Goldwater, so don't, <laughs> don't worry about me. But but on another note, uh, what what have I seen or what's changed, Stephen, I think? I mean, the big stuff, I mean, we see just the whole landscape. I mean, this thing called cryptocurrency, the idea, I mean, it was 10 years ago when, quote, Occupy Wall Street started. I mean, again, think about the changes there. Hopefully your portfolio occupied Wall Street over those 10 years <laughs> yeah. uh, because it's been positive. Yeah. But the idea of there have been a lot of changes, I, where do you want to start? Right. Yeah. And, and John, I know, again, right, it's not investment focused, but uh, when people talk about investing and talk about investments, it's it's the sexiness, it's the the flash, it's sort of like Vegas or or Times Square, like right. the billboards and let's talk about rate of return and timing the market. Should you get in or should you get out? And one of the things that I, I've learned immensely from you is ignore all of that chaos. Yes. Because as you as you always say, when investing is done the right way, it's a very boring process. Yep. So let's go back in the time machine. The S&P 500 10 years ago was 1,246 points on Veterans Day 2011. It's 11, 11, 11, right? that low? Yeah, and today we're looking at about 4,700 approximately. The annualized rate of return over that 10-year is 14%, about 14%. Yep. That's fascinating. So if you said I could lock in a 14% return guaranteed 10 years ago, who would not take that offer? And that was probably part of what stimulated all the index funds mm-hmm. because people recognized that all the ups and downs of the market, but if you just latched onto some of these index funds, you were going to get a, a very credible return. Yeah. Well, and think about, too, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but it was the time of Occupy Wall Street. I mean, stock participation among households was a lot higher. I mean, there's some bitterness or there was some sour taste, I think, among Americans that turned them off of stocks. And what we've seen through this is stocks would have been the place to be for growth. But as there was more and more of that negative attitude, the game is rigged. How do you ever get ahead? I mean, again, we're seeing this. We can see this. There's real proof now where the average person was able to use Wall Street and get ahead and benefit from the growth of corporations. So this idea that no one could take advantage here is just plain wrong. So hopefully we're seeing that. It's interesting because back then, bonds were doing better than stocks. And so a lot of people ran to the bond market. And indeed, at least in the 70s, there were some outrageous returns on treasury bonds. Right, the 30-year, right? You could get 15% or something crazy like that. I was able to get a, uh, I might have been 18%, but anyway... It was very high. It was in the teens, yeah. and it was not callable, which if you don't <laughs> know that uh, your bond making a good interest rate, the company can say, we want it back. We'll pay you some discount price for it. 
And so that was a big deal. Of course, now they're all callable, but back then that was a that was a big change. People were fearful. Yeah. And, and even going back 10 years then, so assume you're sitting in the S&P 500 and you're trying to guess, along the way, there was three major corrections along the way over those 10 years. So even you average 14%, 14% per year over the 10 years, despite three major corrections, those corrections were August of 2015. There was a two-day period, major drop. And I remember people being on eggshells and being concerned. Is this it? Here it comes. And then three, three years later, in September of 2018, uh, we got a drop of about 20%, so a market correction. And then February of 2020, right, the Armageddon that is the uh, pandemic, right? right? So we've survived three major market corrections, and you average 14%. Don't, be, don't ask for too much. Ride the wave. <laughs> it is a boring process. And just just you work it to your advantage. That's the one we see all the time when we show out the drawing, and it goes up and it goes down, but it's the long term return you're getting. Right, and that and that's we say S and P five hundred. That's mm -hmm. your foundation. That's yep. your brick and mortar to your portfolio. It's not the the other uh, crazy stuff. So uh, we got about thirty seconds. Any other thoughts here for this final? Well, while segment? we're thinking of Veterans Day and the weekend of remembrance, I mean twenty or twenty eleven was that year that well, unfortunately, I'll say. Bin Laden got killed, Gaddafi got killed, Kim Jong-il died, the Syrian civil war started. There was a lot of momentous stuff that was going on then that our veterans were going through, taking care of for us. So what a great time. That was. So when we come back, we'll continue our 10-year anniversary show. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. Today's show is a special show where we're marking our 10-year anniversary of uh, talking about financial planning to all the listeners out there and, and how to build your financial plan, things to consider, topics to discuss. Tony, as we close the first segment, you made a, a, an important comment regarding Veterans Day. Uh, Veterans Day uh, remembrance, John, very important to you. I know important to all of us. Yep. And we thank all the veterans out there for uh, participating in our freedom, right? And, they defend our freedom. And an easy date to remember, 11-11. Yeah. So that's uh, unlike the others that keep switching to Mondays or Right. Yeah, Uncle Joe's birthday or something. It's a steady date. So yeah, we have a lot to be grateful for, for those veterans. We sure do. And we need to really take the time to express our gratitude. Yeah. Very yeah. thankful. They're yeah. going, they're going through some struggles now. I've talked to some after the Afghanistan incident and you, you would be shocked at how much that impacted a lot of our soldiers, uh, men, women. It's incredible because of, uh, how it happened and so forth. So, Without getting into politics, I'll just say they were impacted. In fact, it used to be there was the 2022 20, rule, which there were 22 suicides a day from people who had gotten out of the service. Now it's up to 44 wow. since, since Afghanistan. Yeah. So take care of our buddies and our gals, all those who sacrifice for us. Thank you. Yeah, thanks to all the veterans out there. Tony, any thoughts there? Yeah, you, you said it, John. I mean, again, when we think about 10 years ago and all that went on and all that's happened then, and for those who've been lost along the way, I know that's not the memorial days right. for that, but at the same time, though, I mean, 
those losses, those families are still dealing with things. The impact is still there. So again, to just tie it a little bit back to financial planning, I mean, these impacts and the donations and the planning, the things you can do to help people, it still means stuff. It it is real. Uh, So just keep that in mind as we keep going through to hopefully talking about how to, how to do better for everybody. Sure thing. All right. So, so again, going back to our 10 year anniversary, um, one of the things that I've recognized being a greater uh, obstacle, you know, John, we talk about obstacles, we worry about obstacles as financial planners, and one that has popped up a new one has been identity theft. Oh, yes. Right. That's not relatively new. But the way people can steal from you today is getting more and more concerning because it's easier Yep. with the Internet and electronics and technology. And all those phones out there that don't have much protection, they can easily be hacked. Yeah. So be, be aware of that sort of thing. But you're right. That's a biggie now. Yeah. Even your house can be stolen back from you. Yeah. You know, there was the what is that advertisement for title life or something? Where, title insurance. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not title insurance. It's your uh, it's your uh, identity of the home. Okay. They go in and because all these titles now are electronically filed, and so they download one, download it, change the ownership to them, on the parcel IDs, on everything okay. that's there, and so now they own your house. You don't even know that, so they go out and they refinance them, and uh, they own your house. And after they refinance it four times. Now they foreclose, and that's when you find out you no longer own your home. Okay, the lien's on it. Yeah, yeah that's terrible. So terrible. be aware of that. When you'd own it, you'd just have a lot of unwinding to do, not to scare anyone. I mean, you'd own it. You, you just have to prove it. you got to pull out your records. you got to be able to show your purchase agreement. Well, yeah. I don't know if you would. Your name's not on the title anymore. Yeah, I'm with you, John. But we, we were aware of hacking, and that's part of why we have to have the paper records right. to go with the electronic uh, but you're right. I mean, these are things when we think of even social engineering. Yep. I mean, the idea of, if again, these stupid questionnaires that people fill out, <laughs> you know, what grade were you in when you did this? Who was your teacher then? And you think it's fun or nostalgia. Meanwhile, you're giving away all your passwords, all your personal information. I cringe when somebody even says the year you're born or something, yep. yeah. because even that little personal info is something that could be used later on. Well, and the more you share, the more people have. Well, they, they don't go back that far for me tony so it's okay (laughs) (laughs) well you guys get it so so, this is real yeah so a lot of changes and now i'm gonna i'm gonna switch now and talk a little bit about taxes over the last year over the last 10 years right so over the last Mm -hmm. since 2011 we've had now there'll be two tax reforms right so it'll be three different tax law policies coming up here uh in the coming months so Big. It's fluid, John. How many? I don't know how many tax law changes have you encountered in your lifetime, and you tell me that it's hard to remember. Yep. It's best not to remember because it's constantly changing, and just have a good reference guide just to know what it is. Oh. You bet. It's and it it complicates things because uh, I had a fellow call me the other day, and he had just sold his house, and he was all excited, and he wanted me as a friend to tell him uh, how much can he roll over to his new house without paying any tax. He didn't know the new law. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, you need an attorney when you buy and sell your house. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> so those changes happen and people get stuck on one and uh, they could goof it up. Right. When well, we've heard all the slang and the acronyms <clears throat> and all that, but again, you just flashed me back, <clears throat> Stephen, 20 years ago. I mean, Egg Terra. 
the Bush tax cuts in 2001. I mean, I remember sitting there going through with John reading, what did that mean? How can we take advantage of this? What is this that we can actually benefit with? Um, and that continues to happen every few years. It goes to the idea that financial planning isn't a one-time solution. It's an ongoing, it's a comprehensive solution because when one thing changes, one rule changes, you know, paid leave or something like that. If you're a business owner, are you taking advantage of the tax credits for maybe a small business? So each one of these things that changes over time, you've got to be aware of it. Yeah. And the other thing too, over the last 10 years that I've found very uh, interesting, I never thought I'd see in my lifetime is the legalization of marijuana and gambling. And it's generating a ton of tax revenue for the states that have legalized it. And I can pretty much forecast that it's going to go through most of the 50 states. Uh, <clears throat> New Jersey in the state of September, or I'm sorry, the state of New Jersey in the month of September, a billion dollars was wagered in the one month on gamble, sports gambling. Yeah, A lot of tax revenue was generated <clears throat> just from that alone. So I was relatively uh, shocked to see that come through. But it is due to collecting tax revenue. Yeah. There's another concern we didn't address, we didn't list here, but I'll bring it up. And that is that uh, with 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 all the technology and whatever else is going on, things change so quickly people don't know. And so there's a lot of misinformation in the whole world. I don't know. The more, it seems like the more information you have, the more confused you're going to become. As I always say in the olden days, you know, when I had the wheel and the little <laughs> chisel. chipper chisel and yeah. stuff like that, uh, I would have to go through and find the information. But then as time grew, what I did was I filtered the information. And now you go on the web and there's 10,000 points. Uh, so you're talking about the marijuana. There's a lot of credible doctors who say that there's harm to children with the marijuana. Mm -hmm. And here we are fostering it through the marketplace, which market is the market. I'm not arguing that. Right. But that that's more information with all this uh, COVID thing we're talking about. Look how much confusion there is. Yes. And that is that is very destructive. So that's something that's dramatically different in the last 10 years. Well, look at the short social platforms. Yes. Right. Whether it is. I know you have your TikTok and uh, Insta account, John, <laughs> right? You're big on that. I do have a phone. <laughs> right. I have you have a phone. phone. But right, all the social platforms and half of it's, I don't want to say lies, but. What percentage is lies? As you said, you yeah, don't know what is real know. or what is true. No, it's like you're saying, Stephen, especially these other changes in the new markets, sometimes they're exciting, whether it's crypto or marijuana or gambling or whatever it is to you. But the idea is, has someone already been there before? Are the rules established? What's the risk you're taking? I mean, again, these are things we've heard people, they're excited about this or that, they get into it, and all of a sudden they realize there's oversupply in that market. Yep. And now even though they got in, they're not making it. Yeah. Well, you know, Tony, when you get an email from uh, some, and they say, this guy's a genius in whatever you're talking about, right, right. and, uh, you know, go watch a 500-hour video, and at the end you sign up for their deal, whatever it is, uh, and that goes in all ways with, uh, with investing, with medicines, with exercise. I mean, they just come across your desk like crazy. Well, we're coming up on a break here. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's special 10-year 10, 10 anniversary show, John Sestina and Tony Payne. 
Uh, guys, this has been fun so far, just reflecting the last 10 years. Uh, for the listeners out there, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about the Managing to be Wealthy process and John E. Sestina and company, you can look us up on the web at managingtobewealthy.com. Uh, Tony, you know, we talked uh, 10 years ago. I think another massive uh, problem or challenge coming down the road here is debt, uh, not only from a national debt perspective, but personal debt. What do you see in the uh, debt side of things here for the last 10 years? What is your perspective? I, I get, just to go back maybe a couple shows ago, but something we talked about, it's, it's one of these evolutions that we're right in the middle of now. One of the biggest chains in the United States, Walmart, did away with their layaway program. I think I'm saying that right. And they went to one of these afterpay solutions, basically. What do you mean by afterpay? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's basically a credit card without having the line of credit. Wow. You're able to go buy the purchase, purchase the item, walk out of the store with it, and then you walk out with the debt associated with right. it. Mm -hmm. And then you pay on this thing afterwards, and it's basically an afterpay, and they brag that they don't do credit checks. It's not a credit card. Effectively, you're, you're paying a little bit more for the item, though, and the vendor is taking a little bit of the hit as well because they're allowing these middle companies to finance you to really buy things you probably couldn't afford is it predatory lending though for a high interest rate side of things no not not in that sense i mean okay. again i i'm not one to really okay. say there is predatory lending i guess as my perspective but right. um when, when you sign up for this stuff it is very easy to overdo it right. yeah it's been around for about two or three years mm -hmm. and now there some major stores are beginning to take a big step in that direction yeah Again, it's what you've always said, John. If you can't pay for it, maybe you can't afford it. It doesn't mean you don't put it on a credit card or get points or pay it off. Right. But if the way that you get this new item is I walk into the store and I make a promise to pay you later, that's probably not a good thing. No. Yeah. I, I think that over the last 10 years, what we've seen in the recent two or three years, uh, the housing market, right? The housing market has, has gone absolute bonkers. Uh, the rating, the the increase in the property values, and I think it has to do with low interest rates, right? People buy, unfortunately, hopefully they listen to the show and realize they shouldn't measure it this way, but people buy houses based on that monthly payment. I hope you're locked in for the long term uh, and you're not moving because you're there's going to be a wave here. John, you talked about higher interest rates. Yep. When these higher interest rates come, come home to roost, adjustable rate mortgages seem to have gone by the wayside, but people who have to sell and relocate, they're not going to be able to go for a lateral move. It's mm -hmm. going to have to be a downsize. Right. No, what you're saying, there's, again, tie it back 10 years ago, the hangover of the financial cr collapse, the recession. Right. I mean, the housing markets in Vegas and Miami, et cetera, were, were destitute. You could buy a house from foreclosure. The banks had too many on their books even. I mean, that was, quote, an easy thing. Now we're seeing limited supply, bidding wars, people paying cash above asking. And you might think, well, what's the problem with that? You get the house quicker. But if you pay cash above asking and the bank isn't even appraising it that high and then the market goes flat or goes down, what you're saying, Stephen, I mean, even if interest rates go down or stay the same, if you have to move and you take a loss on your house of a couple hundred thousand because you paid above asking because you wanted it now, that's tremendous. Yeah. I mean, that is traumatic. Yeah, we kind of went through that a few years ago when uh, everybody was buying it, 2008 maybe. Two, six, seven, and eight, yeah. yeah. And people wanted to uh, move to another state to get a job. They couldn't go. 
Right. Because they were saddled with their house. So. Yeah. So the houses could be a problem moving ahead here. Yeah. Hopefully we don't <laughs> see that, but things seem to be cyclical. Yeah. yeah things are cyclical and people need to stop, pause. What is it? Slow is fast. Yep. Go slow and fast. Sit down with an advisor who knows you and your circumstances. Put together a financial plan for yourself that begins with, of all things, a cash flow analysis. Do you have the cash? And that should force you to evaluate whether or not you can afford the up charges that are going to come when you own your house. It gets you to thinking about everything and hopefully save you some pain down the road. Yeah, and it gets you to the finish line quicker and cleaner. Yes. Right. right? When it's, it's really, John, something you keep repeating and it sticks with me, but what do you need versus what do you want? Yes. And we're so much in this want culture and society and on demand, like we just said with the lending stuff, when you think about what do I need? Well, I need to take care of my family if something happens to me. I need to take care of my retirement because someday I'm not going to want to work. I mean, these are kind of into the needs. I need to have money for an emergency. Those are things that we think of as needs right away, and then you build on from that with perhaps some wants when you can afford them, but the idea of prioritizing your needs before anything else, that, that's what we're talking about, too. Yeah. I need my motorcycle back. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll put that on the wants we'll, list, John. Yeah, Santa's coming around the corner here. We'll, we'll put it on the list there. I mean, just because uh, I can't see, they won't let me drive it. <laughs> wonder, wonder why. Um, so, you know, Tony, we talked cryptocurrency <clears throat> earlier on a little bit. You we mentioned did. it. You teased it. But what happened to gold? Right? That's the funny thing is gold, gold, gold. We heard gold on the radio show. We, you know, people asked the question, gold. And in 2011, gold was about 1,700 an ounce. Well, it's got to be. What is it today, Steve? About eighteen hundred now. So I, I just find it ironic because it is a again one of those sexy sales technique uh, right. items, and we always say be careful and learn how it's managed and worked and and uh, transacted and what commissions and costs are involved. I just find it ironic. Here we are, ten years later, and you could have gotten an annualized fourteen percent return. Or a flat return on your gold. No yeah, dividends in that you, gold, Stephen, right, Tony? No, Stephen, they told you, though, when they measured gold in the period they measured it, it beat the market. Right. <laughs> right, right. Isn't that interesting? Because gold, for example, there's several things, but gold, for example, they don't have any standard of measurement. Mm -hmm. And so they can say these things. Apparently, the SEC doesn't care about gold. And so in the market, you can't make these claims, but... When you're selling these commodities, you can do whatever. Oh, you're firing me up here, John. Here we go. I no, know. You, again, flashbacks in time. But you remember when every other commercial was here, buy this gold, sell oh, gold, yes. do this, do that. And again, the idea of exactly what you just said. I mean, if you went through that or you allowed yourself to get in that mode or react, really react, you lost. That's right. And, and again, it's not about being bad gold or whatever. It's about perhaps don't react. That may be more of the story here, but the idea that it's gone almost nowhere, I mean, you don't see the commercials. No. You yeah. don't see that snapshot in time to say, if you had bought now, it looked, and when you see that in a couple of years or when the next cycle happens, hopefully you remember this, that there were times where they're going to show you that chart when it looks favorable. And like you said, John, because the SEC doesn't care because gold is a commodity, not an investment, they can take snapshots in time and show them to you out of context. Yeah.
And the other one is oil, right? Uh, it was a little more oh, than peak 10 years oil, ago. Stephen. Right. Peak oil, Stephen. Peak oil. Right, <laughs> um, Yeah, oil Never prices. Never anymore. No, right? Gotta and, go to the moon and, and here we are, you know, in 2008 was sort of the peak, right? In July of 2008 was $161. Today, it's around $83. Again, it, it's 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 going up. It's creeping up. And there is, a, there is that, we'll call it war on energy, trying to go everything electric, which is fine. But again, a, a cyclical uh, item in our, our, our world is oil. They must have meant peak oil as that was the peak price of oil. Yeah. Again, they're, they're talking about the idea that they weren't making any more of it. Well, the other yeah. thing to learn, especially now that we're seeing all these changes going on currently, uh, you don't know what the next trigger is going to be to affect the price. Uh, for example, it could be worth $100 a barrel, but if you can't buy it, so what? And so there's all these, when uh, the government puts Bitcoin under regulation, how do they do that? They just do it. They just do it. <laughs> yep. And then what's that going to do to your to your money or your bitcoins or whatever the case may be or anything else out there? Sure thing. Well, we're coming up on another break <clears throat> and we uh, close the show. We'll uh, last segment. We'll talk a little bit about maybe insurance and we'll go from there. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. I'm your host, Stephen Lucan. In today's special 10-year anniversary show, we're just doing a flashback in time, a little reflection over the last 10 years on various topics. Uh, previously, we talked investment, taxes, uh, just general uh, changes to everyone's financial plan. Again, a, a major change, I think, over the last 10 years has been health insurance. Uh, obviously, with the Affordable Care Act being passed, uh, uh-huh. yeah, just today, <laughs> just today, I heard some interesting statistics uh, <clears throat> listening to a financial show. Uh, household premiums for health insurance over the last 10 years is up 47%. No, that can't be true. It's supposed to bring the price down. Sure, that's what we heard. Average oh, family darn. family premium. This one blew me away. The average family premium, $22,000 for the entire family policy. How many people? 200? Well, I don't know, but but that's what that's what the numbers. This was on CNBC. And then rising deductibles over the last 10 years, up 68%, right? And again, our policies, Affordable Care Act, $10,000 deductible, out-of-pocket costs, no out-of-network coverage. We were sold a bill of goods, bag of goods. I don't know. What is it called? Uh, I want to make sure I use the term. You can't use that language on radio. I guess, yeah, right? (laughs) Um, I was was just very uh, upset learning a lot of these things about uh, the Affordable Care Act. And yeah, we were told it's going to reduce the premiums. It was going to make health care coverage better. Uh, I do think it brought awareness to it, and that's about the only good thing that came out of it. Yeah. And in fact, you challenged me on that, John, because you say, name one good thing that's coming out of this Affordable Care Act. It was right. on the live show, yeah. and I said awareness, and you didn't agree with me. But that <laughs> was the only, I think, one of the good things is awareness. But here we are. We still have got problems. That's the problem. You know, it brings out what I was mentioning in the previous segment, that people need to be more informed and so right now, there I think with all the links on your phone and whatever, people go for headlines, so to speak. And so when things come out and the government says, okay, your health cost is going to go down and everything else, you can't rely on that as a consumer. 
as as a person who's living in this country, uh, you need to be tracking what's going on and get to the bottom of it. But I think we've become very superficial in gathering information in this country. Yeah. Well, you want to be glass half full for a little bit? Yeah, let's go for it. What were what was that rate of increase the ten years prior to it? Yeah, it was about nine percent. It was okay. So it cut the rate of increases in half. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you want to call that a good thing or not, that's a different story. But the idea of, you know, are doctors going in business as much as they were? No. Nope. Is there more regulation? Yes. Are they making less, having to see more patients and basically stressing the system even before the pandemic? So the idea of your great doctors out there, the barrier to entry or the hurdle for it is a lot higher. So, again, whether having care and giving access is a great thing, that's not our show. But the idea of the financial impacts here are real. And like you said, I mean, there is some benefit in these high deductible plans. Again, be half glass full here that when you have to pay the cost, you start looking at the bill. You start wondering, do I really need to go in that emergency room today? Or should I schedule an appointment and get my $30 copay instead of having the out-of-pocket for the emergency network? And like you said, it's the awareness, though. If we're not paying attention, these things feel like they're penalizing us. But overall, if we are more responsible individually, meaning the cost and paying attention, that's probably a better thing. Again, it wasn't a direct result of this, but it's another thought. You also have to be careful. Again, some of those changes are beyond your control. So if you don't have $10,000 for a deposit or, you know, a deductible, you're stuck no matter what happens. So you have to look at the whole picture and not to say, oh, well, the government said this and statistics. Numbers, as I grow older, what is it they say? Statistics or numbers? Uh, uh, numbers don't lie? Numbers uh, no, don't lie, no, but statistics me... always lie. Well, I'll, like. I'll go there, John. Uh, l- Uh-oh. Figures lie and liars figure. That's yeah, it. That's, that's what it. you were after, that's and that's I, true. That's why <laughs> yeah. I don't have a figure. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Well, but again, know. major change the last 10 years insurance and it's going to continue. And I, I don't think it is a perfect system by any <clears throat> means, not even close. Well, hopefully well, 10 years from now, we're not talking about government mandated pet insurance. Right. We could be. Right. That was in someone's bill once. Yeah, yep. I'll be yep. there again. That's for sure. You know, the other thing I'd like you guys to touch on a little bit is I'm thinking back 10 years ago. And uh, were you with the firm 10 years ago, Steve? Yeah, 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Yeah. How about you, Tony? Uh, 20 years ago. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm getting gray. Yeah, he's 20 years. He was. Okay. But uh, how many of the people that are with us now were with us 10 years ago? Less than Less half. Less than half. Less than yeah. half, yeah. yeah. And so, so many of the changes that you've made in the firm, and you guys are responsible for it, it's all good, that uh, have improved the service and the comprehension and so forth. That's a big change in what we've done. We're able to offer more service or more comprehensive service uh, than I was 10, 20 years ago, whatever it was, all by myself. Sure thing, right? And we're teaching the next generation. You you paid it forward to us, and it's our turn to pay it forward to the next generation. And we have a lot of the younger planners on the show uh, periodically, and that's that's our objective is to – train that next generation of financial planners to do it the right way. Because as we open the show, it is unfortunately many so-called financial planners are investment focused, not yeah. financial planning focused. Well, and they're not even financial planners. They sell stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so the recommendation may be distorted. Yes. 
Now, you, you've instilled it in us, John, though. This needs to be a profession, comprehensive, yep. fee-only yep. financial planning. And if no one else is going to do it, we need to do it. We need to make it so that we can help more families. And that's part of the mission, too, yep. not just doing good enough for ourselves or who we work with now, but get the word out there to help more people and bring awareness. The one thing over the last 10 years, more people have learned what the word fiduciary means. That's a good result. Right. And by definition, we are fidu we've always been we've fiduciaries. Always been fiduciaries. fiduciaries. Yeah. That's nothing new to us. In fact, we are actually I'm sort of against the fiduciary concept because here we are, you're gonna have a, a fox in the hen house. Yep. Right. Yeah, Hiding behind right. that word fiduciary, but how we practice by definition is fiduciary. You bet. And, and that's, that's fantastic. We are the shepherds. Labeling. At all times. Yep. Yep. And yeah. So I said don't just accept the words at face value. Do your do your homework. All right. We got a couple minutes left. Any other topics? I got Ooh, one more. All right, Tony, go for it. Our, I was just going to, I know John loves mandates. So I was going to bring <laughs> up a mandate. John, a, a mandate you might like. Ohio has mandated financial education courses. Is that, no, is that something you're all right with? No, I'd have to see what they're, what it looks like but but yeah, it's a start it's a job it's a mandate for, 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 for kids they've got to go through a financial literacy course which is important you sound like the tax people well if we just get it in now we just get it started we'll only do it for two years but once it's in we're extended <laughs> to 10 years with, I, I, with hear, this, I might be okay with that, though. <laughs> I mean, to teach kids about how interest and compounding works and credit scores. I mean, they're going to sign up for student loans in a year, and one of the biggest debts they may take on outside of ever buying a house, I mean, to have a little bit more education about compounding interest. That's, that's where I was coming from, John, with this being a positive. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm too uh, bright here. Well, what was it Einstein said? The one thing he never understood was compound interest. You're right. And he was a numbers guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, it, but I think it's a good thing. At least it's bring, being brought to everyone's attention. The other thing I think has, has tempered a little bit. It's still a challenge is cost of college, right? We got about 30 seconds here, but cost of colleges have sort of plateaued, thankfully, the inflationary number, because from 1990 through 2010, it was obscene. It was 10% per year. And that has sort of curtailed. And I think that's a good thing as well. Yep, they had to scream uncle at some point. Too yeah. many lazy rivers. So, well, that's it for today's show. Again, we appreciate all the listeners. The last 10 years have been fun. We look to look forward to many more episodes and many years of providing financial planning advice to all of our listeners out there. Thank you to everyone. You've been listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.